Hey everyone, welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, when you're a kid, there's always that one kid in your class that knows more than everybody else about sex. And whether it's true or not, it's irrelevant because typically he's the only one talking. And he's the one who comes up with, if you're preteen, like heavily preteen, he's the one that has all the horror stories of, you know, uh, it's, he's always talking to guys. And it, it, your penis, if you don't do this, your penis will bleed. If a girl touches you here, your your butt will bleed. You're, you know, there's all these horror stories of what will go on. And all of them are, are horseshit. But back then, he's the only one talking. Unless, of course, you went to Catholic school like I did, and then the only other person talking are nuns. And for a nun to try to discuss sex with you is a lot like a mechanic who's never driven a car giving you tips. It just seems a little silly. But who knows? I mean, we don't know about the life of, of nuns before they become nuns. I know a lot of them do become nuns at 18, but I know a lot of girls that lost their virginity well before then. Maybe it's like that MTV show where the, the Amish kids leave home. And this is evidently a thing. Amish kids leave home for two years. And they're allowed to go hog wild and experience the modern world. And they drink and smoke and have sex and do all that crazy shit. And then at the end of two years, the theory is, you go back to Amish country. And back into the fold. And I've noticed that over... I watched a couple seasons of it. And it seems like the ones that go back to Amish country are typically the ones that come here and they go hog wild. They spend their days shit-faced and drunk and knee-deep in strange sex. And, I mean, there was one kid who explored... He was basically trisexual. He'll try anything. Men, women, mud, ducks, chickens, groups... Uh, inanimate objects, farm animals. I mean, this kid was just voracious. And in the end, went back. The kids that stay in the, the modern world, typically they were the ones that were a little more reserved. They weren't going hog wild. Because I think at the end of two years of just losing your shit and indulging every hedonist, hedonistic thought in your head, you go through a little bit of... of a burnout. You're just done with it. You're exhausted. And at that point, churning some butter and doing a barn raisin sounds like a like a not that bad an idea. But I kind of wonder if that's not a bigger kind of the structure that society's in. You know, we've we've kind of as a nation. And this isn't meant to be some sort of soapbox preaching to anybody, but we've kind of become a people. We've gone so far out on that bender of, I'm expressing myself no matter what that shit is, that it, it's we're going to go through a period of reeling it back. Take a look at the history of this country. We go so far in one direction that we have to reel it back and go in this direction. We'll have a... God, it was Joe Rogan that told this joke. He says, you know, we go through having one president who's kind of kind of quiet and very formal and seems like just a quiet, competent guy, and then we're sick of him, so we start dating a whore, and it's out of control, and it's, you know, and then we'll go in the other direction. 
So we go, we flip flop back and forth, and I think that sexually and sexual morality, I think that's kind of just a thing we do. But it simply reflects society reflects what the individuals do, and I'm all for it. do what you got to do, be who you got to be. Don't let anybody tell you who you're not, but don't let anybody tell you who you are either. And we have a huge societal thing about telling people who they are. I mean, I'm a white male, therefore I've been told I'm privileged, I'm racist, I'm I shouldn't have an opinion about anything. And yet I'm told at all times I can be included in everything.、And、yes and no depends on who you talk to. I mean, some of the most racist comments I've heard of are from racial activists, and that's just in the last like month. And my question is this: If you remove the comments, like the specifics of it, and just take the comment itself, if it's bad, it's bad. And、the same thing goes with sex. You know, if you remove the context of is it a man with a man, a man with a woman, a woman with a man, or a man with a woman who used to have a penis, and you just say it's this person with this person doing this, sounds good to me. Sounds fine, and it's nobody's business. I think that's where we need to get back to: is that sense of privacy. In that, it's none of my business. You don't need to tell me. And you also don't need to know what I think about it. If I stay out of your business, you have to stay out of mine. It's reciprocal. But that being said, it leads us to today's episode. And protect yourself at all times. On today's caffeinated humor. For the record, there was a time in history where sex for her pleasure was not being beaten or dying in childbirth. I can't help but think that this is better. However, I have been advised by somebody claiming to use a product that that has the for her pleasure, and she says that they put menthol in it to produce a clitoral tingle. And that's an odd phrase, clitoral tingle. I would be more concerned with possible chemical burns on your business, your lady business. So I decided to do some research. Now, according to Maxi QT in the customer reviews on Amazon, the stuff has the same consistency as 10W40 motor oil and will destroy your sheets and mattresses if you don't get the cap on tight. One review, written by account name Itchy Coochie. Claims that it can cause a rash closely resembling hives in and around. There's another product that claims to be just for her pleasure, a gel that can that claims to be designed for women, tested by women to maximize the female sexual experience and drive. Now, a sampling of five star ratings and a one star rating. The five star says it's like having your clitoris bitch slapped. Is that really what you're after? The one star said my wife and I concluded that it felt like someone took a blowtorch to our Netherlands. Houston, we have a problem. I think part of the problem is that our expectations have gotten to be too high. Someone told us the bar has to be at the ceiling at all times. 
mean, damn it, sex used to be a dirty secret you kept your mouth shut about purely out of shame alone. And we liked it that way. It's called being Catholic. Nowadays, if your sex life isn't a big-budget porn film, you're going to find yourself single pretty damn quick. And the condoms are no longer even standard. They're ribbed, bumped, even have little rubber wigglies on them that are the condom equivalent of skin tags. Which is pretty damn nasty if you stop and think about it, but there are some people that it's like, I'm not even, it's not even worth doing it. Like, sex has to be brought to you by, like, as if it's an infomercial. Where the product seems awesome, but the voice in the back of your head is telling you, eh, it's going to be pretty crappy. And somehow the four easy payments are in there somewhere, and they're always higher than you thought they'd be. But at least the pleasure side of it, for now, is Dutch Treat. If you don't know what that is, Jesus, Google it for Christ's sake. And if nothing else, at least there's coffee. Hope you liked today's episode. I know I did. Do me a favor. If you liked it, even if you didn't, listen to more episodes. Put it on the background. Let it play like white noise. Just something to help you sleep at night. Anything. I need you to listen. Share it if you can. Support it if you can. Thank you. Have a great day.